Hey everybody, welcome to a Kingdom Project podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Sanchez, alongside, as always, Ernie Hernandez. How are you, my brother? I'm good, good. Yes, I'm excited again to yes. dig deeper and go into Matthew 24 and 25. Yeah. And uh, start to, you know, break it down and just be open to what the spirit has for amen. us amen. you know so we do it in the spirit also. Yes. amen amen we we last episode we touched on a little bit of enoch it was, it was all kinds of stuff but it was it was deep stuff mm-hmm. um if you haven't listened to that episode go back and listen to it um we're gonna dive back into matthew 24 and 25 um and with that being said i had a question from my notes just a quick question, because I know in the previous episodes we said it was in sections where he spoke to the three different groups. Right. Um, so the first group, which is the Jews, Matthew chapter 24, verse 4 through 31, mm-hmm. it's talking about the disciples. Are the disciples not the church? Or is that Jews? They, yes, they um, they actually have a double status. Okay. Remember, they have a double status. So they were Jews, but then they were also believers. Oh, okay. So they're kind of the first fruits. Got it. Right? And become the church. Um, okay. So they get to experience that, you know, that special uh, status. It's kind of like us uh-huh. who we... T- we proclaim and we let people know that we are citizens of heaven now. Okay. Because we've come into the kingdom of God. So we're kingdom citizens. But we're also citizens of the United States. That's right. So okay. we have a double status. Okay. Uh, so there's some that want to renounce their citizenship, you know, on earth. But I don't think that's really called for or necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that we can be good citizens of uh, the country that we belong to um, by, of course, living according to the protocol or the principles of the higher uh, citizenship that we have, which is the citizenship of of heaven, the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. So, So we're seeing that here pictured in Matthew 24, that these Jews that he's speaking to were disciples, so they were believers. Mm. Okay. 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 So, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like with Peter, right? He's like, like where he speaks to him in Acts, where he thinks some things are still unclean. Yes. But he's still a believer. Right. Okay. okay. Exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. I get it. Good question. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. So um, I'm going to ask that we start today um, in Matthew 24, and in a minute, would you get ready and maybe read um, verses 9, 10, and 11? Okay. But um, just going to pray um, over our listeners today and uh, over us here, Joseph, mm. together, Yes. and just ask Holy Spirit to direct us. Um, for the completion of the Kingdom Project series mm. that we have uh, now entered into and direct us and guide us as we, we look and envision what's coming. 
Yes. Because uh, we're excited about that as well. So we want to commit that to the Lord yes. so that he direct us. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to come before you together, to come before the throne of grace boldly, to enter in through the access we've been given to the Holy of Holies, to the prayer meeting in heaven, the intercession of Christ at resurrection. We come, Lord, boldly because you have provided for us through the sacrifice of Christ on the cross and have pulled the curtain back so that we might come in to catch a vision of Christ glorified and also the body of Christ and the bride. And for us, Lord God, to also recognize the signs and the times that we're in, mm. that we would discern them, that we would not be deceived by false prophets or uh, teachers or people, God, that, Lord, are being used to delude us, mm. to distract us, to, Lord, uh, misguide us from our true calling and uh, your purpose and your plan for us. So I pray that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to the Holy Spirit. We submit to the governor of the kingdom of God on earth, the Holy Spirit who is so precious, who is the spirit of truth and a life-giving spirit, that you would breathe a fresh breath of your presence, mm. a ruach, into our lungs, into our lives the zoe life of god would be dispensed in us afresh you're a quickening spirit would you quicken us that we might be alive to god and dead to ourselves that you would help us mortify kill murder the deeds of the flesh that we will be dressed in the new man that we have in christ we're just going to thank you for that today that reality lord that we would walk in the spirit and mind the things of the Spirit, that we would hope in the Spirit and uh, be led by the Spirit and embrace the heart of Abba Father by the Spirit today. I just thank you for that right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yes. Okay, Joseph, let's go ahead and let's start with Matthew 24, verse 9. All right. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. Okay, so we're jumping right in in yeah. the section after we recognize that there are some signs that Jesus describes about what the condition, you know, in the earth is going to be like mm -hmm. um, and what you know especially this section which is focused on the Jews okay and the believing Jews believing Jews yeah okay is is going to happen and and so he's describing that he talks about the birth pangs remember mm -hmm. and the earth uh, experiencing all kinds of earthquakes and, yeah earthquakes yeah wars, wars. rumors of wars right. things like that okay but this is really specific so so the disciples are experiencing, or he's telling them they will experience persecution and be hated by the nations. 
that's what we're seeing right now that Jesus is speaking about as he's talking with his disciples. Mm. Um, verse 20, uh, verse 9 says, uh, then they will deliver you up to tribulation. That you there specific. That you is referring to the Jewish disciples who were the prophets, the wise men that were sent to the Jews. Mm. So there was already a persecution. There was already a killing, okay, of those that had been already sent. Um, and then after these particular disciples that are listening to Jesus, they also experience it. Um, and one account I can think of right away is in Acts chapter 5. Mm -hmm. This is after Jesus left and resurrected, and the disciples begin to experience persecution to the point that people want to kill them, wow. murder them. Right. And believe it or not, in Acts chapter 5, chapter 5, you find out it's the religious leaders mm. that want to murder the disciples. Wow. It's intense. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't just want to rough them up a little bit. They actually wanted to, like, behead them, right? Yes. Beheadings, stonings, yes. all that stuff. They wanted to get rid of them, you know, and murder them. And uh, it was an intense picture mm. because, um, you know, what was happening in Acts chapter 5 as the disciples are beginning to preach and teach and uh, they wanted to stop them mm. completely. And they received what's called the Council of Gamaliel, mm. who was one of the, you know, high religious leaders and one of the, you know, teachers uh, highly respected, and he, he counsels them and tells them, hey, you know, if this movement is, you know, not of God, you know, you don't have to worry about it. It'll fizzle out. Basically, that's what he was saying. But if it is God, there is nothing you can do to stop it. Mm. Wow. <laughs> and that whole scene is pretty powerful. Yeah. It's, it's really important for us today because there are movements of God taking place. Wow. And sometimes... We can fall into being judgmental and critical mm -hmm. and even curse what God is blessing. Be careful. Wow. You know, but because sometimes it doesn't fit our religion our box. in yeah. our box. Yeah. And how we think God has to do it and yeah. who he has to who he has That's to right. use. You're right. Yeah. Uh it's already taking place today. Mm -hmm. So we always want to be careful that we don't become judgmental, you know, of some of the things that start happening, especially in these days. We don't know what God's going to end up doing or how he's going to wrap this all up, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. so we need to be very aware of that. Um, uh, there is a, uh, a something springing up right now in uh, Ashbury in Connecticut. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've heard of it. That at the university, correct? Right? Yeah. And so um, there's revival, they say, breaking out there where they're worshiping and praying and confessing right. and repenting. And, and it's been going on for days right, and right. drawing attention, attraction from uh, people from yeah. all over, from media. Right. And uh, some people are attacking it already. 
you know, and calling it, you know, you know, fake and, and different things. But mm. uh, we need to be careful, right. you know, because and a lot of it is young people. Mm. It's at a college. Wow. It's a Christian college. And uh, when, whenever uh, I thank God, because when, whenever I see young people stirred up, mm. I love it. Yeah. They're going to make mistakes. But I grew up in what was called the Jesus movement. Mm. In fact, there's a movie coming out right now about it where uh, Calvary Chapel was birthed. Oh, wow. Okay. That's Those are the days when I was just, uh, you know, yeah, on fire for yeah. the Lord and just barely came to Christ. Yeah. And, and uh, they're telling the story in a movie form. Wow. And it's going to be very powerful. But that was the beginnings of the Jesus movement, and people hated it. They came yeah. against it. I'm talking about religious people, mm. the religious leaders. <laughs> wow. So we don't want to find ourselves, yeah. you know, in that, uh, you know, position yeah. or take that posture, especially when it comes to young people. Right. Um, because I remember when I was young in the Lord and some of the things I did out of zeal for the Lord, out of being stirred up and falling in love with the Lord and experiencing Him. And I made so many mistakes, Joseph. Mm. I remember basically even telling my own uh, parents, you know, that their religion was dead and their church, God wasn't even there. And, wow. and you know, because I was encountering Him outside of the traditional church. Right, right. You know, there was this whole, you know, revolution of Christian music and different things happening. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it's quite an experience right. and journey. Yeah. But um, so we want to be careful because there's things that God does out of the box right. a lot of times right. yeah. when you think about it. Unorthodox. Unorthodox. That we think is pretty normal to how God dispenses himself here on the earth, earth realm, you know what I That's mean? right. And so how do we come to know that? Yeah, that is God. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like that's, that would be my question, I guess. Yeah. You know? That's, that's a great question. Yeah. I think like anything else, um, you always, um, you know, measure things by their fruit. Mm. Yeah. And what comes out of that, you know, what's being produced. That's right. You know, what's what's like what's happening on the campus mm. of Ashbury because of this revival that's breaking out. What what's the you know atmosphere right, like right. outside of Yeah, the root of it. Yeah. Is it driven by fear? Is it driven by this? Yeah. That's and good. what's going on with the students? How are they acting? Are they changing? Is there transformation? Because if there's not transformation not only from the group that's there, but even, you know, is it is that's it right. affecting society or culture? Yeah. Are we seeing it, you know, begin to bring transformation and change? Right. Uh, because we, you know, we want the kingdom of God to bear yeah. on the cultures around us today. Right. You'll know them by their fruits. So I you'll think know that, them by their fruits. Yeah, that's, that lit, that's yeah. the litmus test right there. That's it. That's it, yeah. yeah. Exactly right. So good. Yeah. So, okay. So let's um, let's look at uh, Matthew twenty three uh, verse thirty four, the chapter before Matthew twenty three verse thirty four. Thirty four says, "Therefore I send you prophets and wise men and scribes, 
some of whom you will kill and crucify, and some you will flog in your synagogues and persecute from town to town. So you see, he, he's speaking to the disciples of his day, mm. the prophets, the wise men, the scribes from before as well, that they did the same thing to them. But right. just like that, that's what these disciples, and we know they did experience that. Right, right. That actually ended up coming true and happening to them. Right. And so the first martyrs um, were, were Jews mm. and they were martyred by their own people. Wow. And then beyond, of course, by the nations, they were persecuted wherever they went. Right. So it's a true picture. But do you know that today, because I was looking at that Acts chapter five, I, I realized that it come, that, that comes with the territory that as we live for Christ, and we become a testimony of the Lord, mm. there's going to be persecution. Some right. people will hate us. Right. And it's true today. Um, and, and I'm not saying that um, they hate us uh, and persecute us just because we're so good, because some of it is coming because we're doing a bad example. Right. <laughs> right? right, yeah. But it's true also, as we walk in the call of God and in his uh, enablement, his grace, that some become offended. Mm -hmm. And even the religious oh, yeah. Yeah. will persecute us yeah, definitely. and come against us. So there is opposition that comes with your walk right. that should be expected, you know, yeah. even to the point where people, you know, may want to injure you. I don't know. Right. But depending on where you know you are what country right. um you're living in yeah it's like when we say people are drinking the hater aid you know what i mean the hater aid <laughs> yeah yeah you so know what i mean but it's happening yeah i think from my experience is just remain humble you know remain humble and and just embody if you're not embodying the the nature of christ yeah like you said, it comes down to what, what kind of fruit are we bearing? You know well, I mean? you know, uh, again, think about the Apostle Paul, okay? Mm. The Apostle Paul was with a council of believers. He was getting ready to go to Jerusalem. And the prophet Agabus came to him and warned him uh, and said, I took his belt or whatever he was wearing and, uh, you know, gave him a picture, a demonstration of what was going to happen to them when Paul got to Jerusalem. And he tied himself up and said, when you go to Jerusalem, they're going to put you in chains and throw you in prison. Wow. That's in Acts chapter 5? No, it's in another chapter oh, of okay. Acts. Yeah. Okay. And so Paul's response to that, hey... I'm ready to die for Christ. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, who lives like that? That's, yeah. Knowing yeah. what he was going to experience and walk into. Mm -hmm. He said, no, I, I'm ready to die for Christ. Yeah. So if I die, I die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, wow. You need to get back to those days, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> like saying, bring on the beatings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I think nowadays we get persecuted by, you know, comments people leave online you know uh, right stuff like that that's the Criticism. modern day yeah. yeah that's the modern day cruci crucifixion i think right you know in our days wow <laughs> so yeah so we're looking now here at um 
you know, these scriptures that are talking about the first martyrs. And uh, by the way, the, the word witness, and it does mean martyred uh, okay. or martyrdom. And we're talking about being true witnesses. Wow. It, it's living a life where we're willing to die yeah. and lay down our lives. Yeah. And literally you do, because to be a true witness, you have to die to self. You have to deny self. Right. You've got to take up your cross right. and follow Christ. Right. That's the cost of discipleship. Mm-hmm. Right, we we want the, we want the crown, but we don't want the cross. Right, but the only way to get the crown is to pick up the cross, mm. follow Christ. And what what did what did he do? What what was his example? Mm. We see him; they crucified him. Right, literally. Yeah. And and so, uh, so what's happening here in verse ten? It says, "And then many shall be stumbled." and shall deliver up one another, and they shall hate one another. So this refers to the believing Jews, okay? We're seeing the degradation of Jewish believers taking place here, Mm -hmm. okay? Because many false prophets uh, arose and are still arising today and led many astray, right? Wow. Uh, And so that's in verse 11. So you got to ask the question, you know, what what's that about? Yeah. How how why would God allow false prophets to arise, false teachers, um, you know, that would uh, lead people astray? Mm-hmm. Confusion. Right. Yeah. Um, and especially at the completion completion of our age, we're looking at this. Um, and Jesus is giving some keys to understand the time of his return and the closing of the age. Okay, and, and so uh, some of the things that are happening, we don't get it because there's delusion, there's deceit going on, there's people confused, mm-hmm. and they're, they're believers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, what's really going on here? So... These signs that are the imminent, about the imminent return of the Lord, um, they have to do with the book of Daniel. Remember I said the book right. of Daniel? So in the book of Daniel, when Daniel receives revelation in his book, he's instructed to close it, to close the revelation up that he was given. <laughs> right? And it's not opened until now. So now the book is open. The revelations are open. That's why I said we're, we're in the new wine age. Wow. Where we're going to receive new revelation that was hidden and mysteries. And now they're unfolding and we're receiving more insight about them. Okay. So, um, you know, there, there are verses talking about the end of the age and the close of our age that require prophetic perspectives. Mm. Prophetic perspectives are important for us to understand because sometimes prophetic perspective is for now in the immediate, but also it may be for another time Mm. down the road. It may be a long period of time Mm -hmm. before. You look at the perspective like looking at the, the prophetic perspective like looking at the mountains. 
when you see the mountain ranges, you see one mountain, right? Right, right. right yeah. And then you see the next one next to it that looks right up against it and close. But when you actually get there to the first mountain, you realize that between those two mountains, there's a huge valley oh, and it's yeah. actually far away. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the same thing about prophecy in the Bible. Okay. There's a prophetic perspective to it. And so I want to look at a couple of things today before we go, because it's important for us to understand that we have come to the end of the age, but also we need to understand um, the prophetic perspective of some things, okay, that's taking place, even as we're reading Matthew 24 and 25. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Wow. We see one prophecy being next to another one we think they're going to happen simultaneously but actually there's time mm. in between them there's time between the the divisions that we created or that we explained about 24 and 25 where the first 31 verses are speaking to the jews, jews yeah. and then we have three and a half years speaking to the church pictured the first section is a thousand years wow period Okay. The second section is three and a half years that it takes place. A short time yeah. that God is, is directing his and foc is focusing on the church and what's going to happen with the church because it's invisible and it's in the spiritual realm that it's taking place. Wow. And then we come to the end, okay, which is talking about a whole nother period of time, right, with the world. Right. And, and so we have to understand that when we're looking at them together. And so um, look at Daniel 9, verse 27. Daniel 9, 27. Says, And he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week, and for half of the week he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall come one who makes desolate until the decreed end is poured out on the desolator. All right. Remember, the book of Daniels is, yeah. is pretty deep. It is. Okay. Yeah. But it's connected to revelations. Okay. And both of them are also connected to Matthew 24 and 25. Okay. Okay. That's why we encourage people that are in this study with us to read both Daniel and revelations as we're looking at matthew 24 and 25 okay and and, and so um another verse in daniel is talking about the same thing in in daniel 12 11 12 11 says and from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes desolate is set up there shall be 1290 days Okay, so if you do the math, 1,290 days is three and a half years. Wow. Okay? And the correlation is crazy when you start getting <laughs> into it, okay? That's just one example, all right? So according to Bible teachers, when there is a verse in which the first part includes the first coming of Christ and the second part covers the second coming of Christ, that's what's, what is called a prophetic perspective, Mm. Did you catch that? Repeat I'll say it, it again. 
So when there's a verse in which the first part of the verse includes the first coming of Christ, the second part covers the second coming of Christ, that's called a prophetic perspective. Okay. That is to say between part A and part B of the verse, there's a period of time. Okay. And we know that to be true, okay, of course. So when we find a verse that covers the two comings of the Lord, because there are more than 2,000 years between part A and part B, because it's been 2,000 years between already the first coming of the Lord, right? okay, and now the second. <laughs> right. Uh, we see there is a pro, uh, perspective there, okay? In fact, it derives from the natural truth of two mountains seen from afar. Hmm. That's why I was explaining it. The mountains in the physical look as if they were together, but when traveling to the place where they are, we realize there is a great valley between them. That's why it's called perspective. And there's a lot of prophetic perspective throughout the Bible that's needed mm -hmm. for us to really understand. Okay. Um, one more proof of prophetic perspective. To understand a little more, let's see from Isaiah, okay, 61, verse 2. Isaiah. Oh. Which chapter? 61. Verse 2. It says, To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Okay. Uh, and, and so now let's see the truth of the perspective because when the Lord came, He made the separation of part A and part B of that verse. Okay, so when He came, He took Luke chapter 4, verse 19, is a, a picture of what the Lord preached when he came. And he went into the synagogue and he picked up the scroll of Isaiah. Okay, L read that verse. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Okay, so notice that in agreement with Isaiah 6, verse 2, the two comings of the Lord are included. Okay? Mm -hmm. When he was on earth, as his first coming, only fulfilled the first part of Isaiah 61 too. He was careful to say only the part that was fulfilled at his first coming, the acceptable year of the Lord. Right? The Lord said nothing about the day of vengeance in mm -hmm. Luke chapter 4. You don't find it. You're right. Okay, he said nothing about the day of vengeance, which is at the close of our age. <laughs> okay. So having understood all of that, now advance to understand the second part of what is related to Israel and Matthew 24, 16 through 31. Let's look at it. Matthew 24, 16 to 31. Sixteen through 31. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down to take what it is what is in his house. 
and let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that your flight may not be in winter or on a Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now. No, and never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand, see if they say to you, Look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, Look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. <laughs> My God. Man. So powerful. What we're looking into, yeah. you know, is holy ground. Right. And it isn't to uh, scare or freak people out. Right. It really isn't. It is for us to be motivated to really get in touch with our true identity yeah. and our assignment and what God has planted deep within us, which is his, his glory, right, right. the kingdom of God, um, to fulfill mm. that which the Lord has in his mind for us to um, release and represent in the earth. And so it's, it's an encouraging time for us to dig into this because we're going to study these uh, signs of the imminent return of the Lord, okay. including some of the scriptures we're reading from Daniel. Okay. And look at them and, and go deep into talking about the great tribulation. Okay. Because um, the great tribulation is actually a blessing. Amen. <laughs> and many people don't understand that statement, but I'm going to explain it when we're together again, the yeah. next podcast. Okay. Because the purpose of the, the great tribulation isn't just about wrath. Everybody just preaches and teaches about the wrath of God coming on the face of the earth, but it's yeah. not really focused on that is so much deeper right and there is something that god is doing within his people during that time that is going mm -hmm. to produce something very powerful and and so i want to leave that uh on that note because i believe we're just beginning okay to taste and to touch the powers of the age yeah. that are coming there is another age coming our job is to prepare for that age that's coming wow. not try to just focus on this age but to get people ready for the age to come and the age you're referring to is the millennial yes right okay yes 
That's it. Woo! All right, Joseph. Hope y'all are ready. Amen. I'm ready. That was good. That's definitely a sobering message. So, nice little cliffhanger. So, for our listeners, uh, come back um, when we produce more content. Yeah, it's exciting. Thank you all for joining us. If you have any questions, as always, our contact information is in the show notes. Ernie, it's been a pleasure. It's always an honor. My joy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you all. God bless.